we're in a new series called Making a Difference. And it's a little bit uh, unusual, the topics that are coming in the, in, in the, in the weeks ahead of us. Uh, but I believe the Lord is having me share this because he's going to raise up some people and he wants to bless some people in this fellowship. In 1975, Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade, met together with another great leader named Lauren Cunningham, the founder of Youth with a Mission. They were both excited to share something with the other that the Lord had given them. As a matter of fact, they didn't know that their list would be identical that they laid on the table. But God had spoken to one of them about seven ways, seven spheres that would change a nation. And they're both concerned about the world and both world uh, spiritual leaders. And, And at the same time, they laid down the same seven things on the table. I think it was prophetic. I think you can find all of the things that they wrote on there as principles in the Bible. A month later, another great leader named Francis Schaeffer, who started Labrie University or college, um, had a list that he showed them that was identical to theirs that the Lord had given him before he knew about it. And I want you to look at the, at, at the seven mountains, they called it. Uh, it's here in a video, and, I, and then, then I'll explain a little bit how we're going to walk through these in the next seven weeks. Take, take a look at this. In every city of the world, an unseen battle rages for dominion over God's creation and the souls of people. This battle is fought on seven strategic fronts, looming like mountains over the culture to shape and influence its destiny. Over the years, the church slowly retreated from its place of influence on these mountains, leaving a void now filled with darkness. When we lose our influence, we lose the culture, and when we lose the culture, we fail to advance the kingdom of God. And now, a generation stands in desperate need. It's time to fight for them and take back these mountains of influence. The mountain of government, where evil is either restrained or endorsed. The mountain of education, where truths or lies about God and His creation are taught. The mountain of media, where information is interpreted through the lens of good or evil. The mountain of arts and entertainment, where values and virtue are celebrated or distorted. The mountain of religion, where people worship God in spirit and truth, or settle for a religious ritual. The mountain of family, where either the blessing or a curse is passed on to successive generations. And the one mountain they all depend on, the mountain that fuels and funds all the other mountains, The mountain of business, where people build for the glory of God or the glory of man, where resources are consecrated for the kingdom of God or captured for the powers of darkness. Those who lead this mountain control what influences our culture. The last 50 years, we've seen the most rapid moral decline in history. The culture we inherited from our forefathers is disintegrating before our eyes. What kind of world are we leaving for our children and grandchildren? As long as the business mountain is held by enemies of the gospel, funding for the other mountains will always be constrained, and any efforts to advance the kingdom of God will be hindered. Imagine God's people reclaiming their cities in government, in the arts and entertainment, in the media, in education, in the family, in religious influence, but only limited by their imagination and not by a lack of finances. 
It is time to reclaim the seven mountains and bring the life of God back into our culture. So you've heard me say in the last few years that I believe that the Lord has told me that he's going to raise people up from this body and send them out, right? You've heard me say that. And um, one of the reasons this is so exciting to me is this gives credence to so many who have not even, what they do is not even seen as ministry. We just think of it as walls uh, confined in a church and, and um I'm, I'm opening a door to the spiritual people of, of Horizon Community Church, and my hope is that you can see that it's bigger than our vision, that it's about reclaiming our nation through all the areas that we've just spoken of, and we're going to take one of them at a time along the way, but I believe that God's going to raise people up out of here. The one I want to talk about, that mountain of influence this week, is making a difference with arts and entertainment. Now, I want to let you know that when I say arts and entertainment, I'm not talking about the way we normally think about them within the church. Like this was great worship this morning, super talented people, but I'm not talking about the realm of the church now. I'm talking about mainstream beyond the church. We've surrendered our influence because we've pulled out. We said the enemy owns it, and he does, because we gave it to him. And, and, and so what I'm talking about is, is areas of arts and entertainment that are out there beyond the walls of the church and even Christianity, or, or beyond what we would know as followers of Christ. And today, there, there are predominantly four areas. There's a lot of areas you could cover in arts and, and entertainment. But there's four that, that I want to speak expressly about. Sports, music, movies, and, and television. Uh, those are places that I believe that God wants us to have a realm of, ex, uh, of, of impact with the arts and entertainment. Let, let's pray before I begin sharing the three points God's given me today. Father... There, there are people sitting here, Lord, that you're calling. And there's a church, Lord, that has not completely understood it and, and um, has retreated, Lord. The, the, the American church is a bit afraid and on the defensive. And Lord, you would have us have impact and go forward. I pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal truth. I pray that you'd set a heart free, God, that is called to minister for you in these ways. And I pray you'd cause the church to come to a place where we're excited about the work you're doing through people in this realm. I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. So here's the first thought today. God can use the arts and entertainment for good in America. Who's the most creative force in the universe? It's God. God's Holy Spirit's in every believer. Who should be the most creative people in the world, if that's true? If God's the most creative force and His Holy Spirit is in us, if Jesus resides in us, the people of God should have a more creative force than any other people in the world because there's no limit to the ideas and the creativity that He can give. So you can see how this world of art and entertainment might be impacted in a very great way with very great gifts if we'll look at it as a realm through which God can work. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God created heaven's and the earth. Man, when you see a sunrise or a sunset and the way he paints a different canvas every day, you know there is a God and he's amazing. When you get up to Mount Hood and you look around and you get on that ski lift and you turn back and see the beauty of creation, it's awesome. 
And it makes you think of God. When you travel to the ocean here in Oregon and see those large uh, rocky crags and those beautiful waves that are coming in and you realize the creator of all the universe has done this. Listen, creator, creative. He is an artist. And he's the best one ever. But he's much more than that, that's true. But he is in us. Look at the realm that these things were used at in past, in the history. In the Bible, we see music being used beyond the traditional worship setting. In 1 Samuel 16, 23, whenever the Spirit of God came upon Saul, David would take his harp and play, and then relief would come to Saul, and he would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. There was something soothing when David would play, because the Spirit of God was in him. And in the Bible, we see that God used all forms of communication. And you know, these, the arts and the media, they're, they're forms Uh, you know, entertainment, forms of communication. And in the Bible, he showed his goodness and love through all the forms that were available in in those days. Did you know that the New Testament, I believe it's 11 times the New Testament talks about sports. Did you know that? Here's one of them, 1 Corinthians 9.26. So I do not run without a goal. There's track, it's right there, man. And that's, that's what he's speaking about. I fight like a boxer. There's the MMA right there, man, who is hitting something, not just the air. I'm not just hitting at the air. And he's using those in a positive context there. There's poetry in the Bible, the Song of Solomon. There are many poetic books. It's even more poetic, my understanding is, in the original. But it's still poetic when it's translated into our, our English language. And there's a book called Song of Solomon. It's, it's, it's a poetic, beautiful love story, and it even involves sexuality. It's somewhat vivid. It would surprise you. There are certain passages I've chosen not, not to read. I've chosen not to read them publicly. Uh, they're they're kind of R-rated almost, you know, it, to, to, to speak them. But it's in there, and it's beautiful in the context of what God created. God created sex. Created for a long-term relationship between a man and, and a woman called marriage. And there's confines and boundaries. And we can see the beauty of it through the poetry that happened to be written by the finger of God through man. You know, as we look through history even more recently, we can see that entertainment, the, the realm beyond the church, was not forbidden just hundreds of years ago. You ever heard of a guy named Shakespeare? Here's a quote from one of his plays. God be praised that to believing souls gives light in the darkness, comfort in despair. I mean, that was everywhere in the marketplace, in the town square that these things were taking place. And he's, he's doing this, this what seems secular in some sense, but there's this overlay of the truth of God in it. That can still happen. In his writing, Shakespeare refers to 42 books of the Bible, and that's a conservative tally. And the number of biblical references is listed at at least 1,200 biblical references in the writings of Shakespeare. Well, that wasn't a church setting, just so you know. But it was God speaking through even the drama of that day, the theater. Today, there are many Christians who are saying that um, believers shouldn't be involved in the arts and entertainment. Because the devil owns those mediums of communication. To that I say, he, he mostly does in America. But here's why. Because we've surrendered the ground to him. We said, we don't want to be involved there because we might stumble and we might fall. So we're going to give it up for them to do whatever they want. And here's the problem with that. The young people in America these days get most of their values from arts and entertainment. 
And until their early 20s, that's where they get all their stuff, and we just gave it away. We just said, okay, you can have it, devil. You can have it, those people who don't believe in God. We're going to go take the confines of the church and the walls, and we're going to preach what we preach there and hope we can reach everybody. This is great. I know the Lord can use in the, uh, many things and touch in many ways in this setting, but God wants to do a lot more than just work within the walls of churches. He wants this nation to know. And he needs artists and entertainers to come forward in his name in the mainstream. 1 John 4.4 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. We're so afraid. We're just, we're just on the defensive. And we're not, we're not going forward to what God would have us to do. It's true that the devil uses those mediums to advance evil. But it's also true that they can be used to promote God and show people the way to God. And it's already happening. You know that with what's going on with cable and, and, um, and live streaming now, that it's going to get easier and we have an opportunity like we haven't had in, in the history of arts and entertainment in, in America. Never had an opportunity like this. With social media and cable and, and live streaming, good stuff can be picked up and heard by others. When it goes viral, when it gets a sponsor, people see it, and there's opportunity there right now. I'm just, I'm just telling you, this is absolutely true. For instance, did anybody watch that series called The Bible on the History Channel? Raise your hand if you watch that, all right. Uh, there's another series called The Vikings, and that's the one that they've seriously promoted. That's a, a, a cable show as well. Did you know that that series called The Bible had 14 million viewers at its peak? The Vikings, the one that they pushed hard, only had 11 million. Hollywood was blown away by this. I read an article that said they, they thought nobody cared about the Bible, that nobody would listen to any talk about the Bible or, or, or what, what was in the Bible, and it was the biggest hit series of the season. Yeah, isn't that great? That's pretty great, huh? Now, I haven't seen the movie, uh, but, but the movie 42 that's out. How many have seen 42? Okay, I hear there's, there's an element of faith and, and uh, Branch Rickey in there. The manager talks about he brought Jackie Robinson forward. I guess Jackie Robinson's faith is obvious. The faith in, as a Christian is in there. And, and Branch Rickey's talking about uh, he did it. Be, and one of the reasons was his faith in God and his belief in God, that, that this wasn't just and that there should be a change. And so you see Christian values or biblical values in the mainstream media and it's making a difference. And what I'm saying now, that's not as blatant and out there and in your face, but what I'm saying is we've surrendered to ground. We don't have morality because we've been afraid and too defensive. And God can use these things for good and we need to open our hearts up to these things. He is the creator of music. He is the creator of art and drama and poetry. He created everything that is good and beautiful and even enjoyable in a healthy sense. And the enemy has redirected all that as we seeded ground and as we gave it up. But God wants to use it for good so he can show people who he is. Many years ago, we had a movement where missionaries were just called into the field from America and headed everywhere all over the world. And preachers would stand up, much like I'm doing this morning, <clears throat> and talk about a dark place that was demonic called Africa. A place where sexual sin was rampant and there was no morality. 
But they would talk about the need for people to know the gospel and know Jesus Christ. And then they said, who will go? And people prayed. And we just had hundreds and thousands of missionaries head out to these, to, to these realms in Africa and make a difference. And now Africa, the greatest revival in the world is happening in Africa. Now what I want to tell you today is what I'm talking about is no different than that story. America has some darkness. Arts and entertainment have been abandoned by the church. It's true that there's the occult that's involved. It's true that it's evil. It's true that there's sinful world. But it's also true that God wants the light to shine in the darkness. And he's looking for some missionaries who'll stand up and say, I'm not afraid that I'll be influenced for wrong. I'm going to go in Jesus' name and influence for good. I'm going to let people know who I am and that I love him. And I want to show who he is. I'm hoping today, I've been praying that something would rise up in some people that are here who have a burden and a vision to do something in the mainstream. I talked to a young lady on the way out after first service who's involved with the media right now as a journalist. She's doing a great job and she said, this just set me free. I just felt like, you know, I need to be looking for a job in some Christian realm and, I, and it just caused me to know I'm where God wants me and God wants me to be light there and I can love people and, and, and she's had that heart and she's been doing that but it seemed like it wasn't enough in her heart. It's exactly what God's called her to. We must raise up missionaries to go. Proverbs 14.34 Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a disgrace to any people. When these people that go into the arts and the entertainment and the mainstream beyond the church and they carry Jesus there, they'll carry the same value system that's in the word of God. They'll have an impact when Jesus isn't even on their lips because the, the, the truth about what God says in his word comes through all they do and the choices they make and the good and the love that they share. Philippians 4.8, we talked about the scripture last week. Think about it in, the terms, in terms of art and entertainment here. Whatever's good and true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, we can have these things be on people's hearts through these mediums. We can speak the values of the Bible and the truth of God through the arts and entertainment and bless this nation. I'll go a step further. God wants to use the arts and entertainment to show himself. They're not only good, he wants to show himself there. Ephesians 3.10, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom, I want to talk about those two words for a moment. The manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Manifold wisdom, uh, that's a term, the the word manifold carries the idea of variegated in, in the original language, or, or multicolored, many colored. So it has to do with variety and, beautiful, and a beautiful array of color. And God's manifold wisdom is, has, has vast variety and beautiful color that shines in ways that the church is not even allowing for sometimes. The word can best be illustrated, uh, manifold, the expression would be like a, a beautiful large diamond that has wonderful angles and cuts on it. And when light shines brightly into that diamond, a color, a splendid array will show all over every place from a thousand different angles in a thousand beautiful colors. And what God is trying to let us know through his word is, look, you've narrowed this too much. 
You've, you've created a pipeline when, when, when I want to just open up the floodgates and touch this nation. I want you to raise up your children to make a difference in the culture, not just be protected from the culture. I want you to be world changers, not hiders from the world. We've left the marketplace. We've left the theaters. We've left arts and entertainment. And we left a void that was filled by the enemy. Matthew 5.14 says this, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. <clears throat> so that's talking about the church. Do you know what a hill is? A hill's a place that's, that's high up, and when light shines there, everyone can see it. The point is, you can, a lot of people can see the light. <clears throat> what I want you to know with the arts and entertainment is, is that's a place, that, that's a city that God can set on a hill too, so it can shine brightly for millions to see. It makes sense. Don't you want millions of people to be affected by people with the right heart, a heart for Jesus Christ? I do. I believe Jesus wants to do some things that the church has not been open to. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Here's a bowl. Let's call Horizon a bowl. Let's bring them all into the Horizon Bowl and just put a bowl over them and hide the light. Why don't we do that? Just make sure they're going to heaven. Oh, great. Great. Let's just forget about everybody out there who needs Jesus. Let's make sure our four no more are covered. I know I'm being facetious, and I hope that's not too smart, Alki, for you. But what I hope you see is the heart of Christ to take the gospel to the world, to take his love. You know, when a little girl's listening to the radio and she hears Rihanna sing about sex and just immorality that's unbelievable, she adapts those values. But what if she listens to someone like Carrie Underwood, who might be, I think, uh, probably the best-selling female Christian artist, if she, or I'm sorry, country artist, and if she's, if she's not, she soon will be. Taylor Swift left and went to pop. That's why you can say that. Jesus, take the wheel. Hmm. I know people whose lives have been changed because of that song who are far away from God. More recently from Carrie Underwood, Temporary Home. Talks about living life here that's not really what matters and loving people and heaven. And said at her concert here in Portland recently, I'm very proud of this song because I wrote it. And she was telling people about her value system. It wasn't blatant and in your face. But listen, those people haven't heard any witness. And then the Spirit of God can move into that place and start to touch a heart. The point with this mountain of influence is not just making entertainment that is acceptable to Christians, but influencing the world that does not follow Jesus. And they don't know about the real Jesus because when you get a glimpse of the real Jesus, he's irresistible. The church has had a problem getting it right so it looks like him. The church in America doesn't always look like Jesus. Christians don't always look like Jesus. But when we get it right, he's loving He's forgiving. He's all-powerful. He's full of grace and mercy. When we get it right, He is irresistible because the Holy Spirit will draw people. It has been and continue, it will continue to be a mistake if we think that the gifts God has given you are only for use inside the church when it comes to art and entertainment. It's a mistake. If we think this, we're going to forfeit it. 
we come close to completely forfeiting it already. Christian TV and Christian movies are good, but that's not really what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about influencers beyond the church walls into the mainstream. We need Christian artists and entertainers in the mainstream to influence the values of society as a whole. Anybody here heard of a little series called uh, Duck Dynasty? Be honest now. Raise your hand if you've watched Duck Dynasty, all right? Some of you are just too embarrassed to say it. How in the world can God use those guys? But he is. Let me tell you the story if you don't know it. Uh, it's a series on A&E, ironically, that shows the lives of the Robertson family, a Louisiana clan who became wealthy from their family-operated duck call business. And this family is totally gospel-centered. As a matter of fact, you may not know it, but those boys all have master's degrees. So they're a lot smarter than they appear. Long before he appeared on the hit A&E series, the patriarch Phil Robertson, which is on your far right as you're seated, um, he, he was into drugs and wild living and he, and he became a Christian, gave his heart to Christ. Guy came into a bar witnessing to him. And his life changed and he went all out for Jesus from, from the early days of his adulthood. So long before he was on this series, he... he, he was considered the Billy Graham of duck hunting. That's what, they, that's what they say. In his first public speaking opportunity in the early 1990s, he was asked to give a duck calling seminar in the Superdome in New Orleans. And there were over a thousand people that he talked to. And after he was done with his talk about duck calls and hunting, he reached into his bag and he pulled out his Bible. And to a thousand people who came to hear about ducks, he said, folks, while I'm here, I'm going to, Preach you a little sermon. You'd think, well, that'll be the end of it. What happened was he's been in a church on a regular basis for years now, and he's booked out for years as a speaker, telling the truth about Jesus Christ. Now, they don't tell you all that on the series, right? But you get a sense if you watch it. I thought the, the previews, it looked like the just dumb, okey-arky weirdness, you know, the, the, way they, the way they set it up. And then I heard that my good friend Steve Jameson loves the series, so I thought, I gotta watch this. What's Steve watching this for? And then you can see it. You can see a value system in there. And then they all pray around the table in Jesus' name at the end. And they, and they say they take out a lot of stuff that they wanna say about the Lord out of the series, but, but they maintain it. One of the guys said he overheard one of the camera crew say to the other when they were first setting up, we're, this is gonna tear this family apart. And then he said, they don't know us. They don't know what we're about. Because they don't care about money, even though they have a lot of it. They don't care about fame. They know it's fleeting. They have one purpose. Well, if you think it's just a small little thing that's not really doing too much, did you know that in 2012, Duck Dynasty topped Facebook's list of the most mentioned television shows? This one talked about more than any other on Facebook last year. Did you know that um, when they returned just a couple of months ago for season three, the premiere was the most watched show of the night, beating out ratings giants American Idol and Modern Family. It's unbelievable. <clears throat> now you and I would look at those guys and go, yeah, let's use someone else, Lord. Do you mind if we, you know, 
look a little bit criminal to us, you know. Wouldn't there be? But the point is, he can use us all if we're just sold out people and say yes. They're not afraid because they're doing something for Jesus Christ. All of the members go to the White's Ferry Road Church of Christ. Uncle Cy always travels with three things. A gallon, of jug, or a gallon jug of iced tea, which is a witness where he lives. A plastic cup and his Bible. Friends and relatives estimate that Phil, the patriarch, has led to Christ and baptized over 300 people in a river near his house in his lifetime. He disciples them. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Proverbs 16.3, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. When it's working right, when we get up in the morning, we say, Lord, what do you want to do today? God, where do you want to take my life? Because it's a great adventure. You say, well, my life's nothing. I'm going nowhere. Well, that's where David was on the backside of the desert as a 15-year-old boy watching a few sheep, but he did it faithfully. That's where God prepared his heart and nurtured him. And then one day he stood before a giant and the giant was slain and in a moment he was a rock star. Hey, I never even meant to say that. That was, that was brilliant. See what happens when you get anointed. You just never know. It just works together. I'm just saying wherever you are, if you're sold out completely to him, you never know. And I'm saying that there are people here who have a call to go into this realm and I want to apologize to you today because there are people who make you feel bad about it in the church, not just here, but abroad. Why wouldn't you do that for Jesus? Do you know how much that hurts when your whole life is all about Jesus and he's calling you there? What do you do? Well, you gotta be faithful, but it's hard when you get persecuted by the church even. Third thought, God is calling us to give and to go into the mission field to help these people, to send them. Matthew 6, 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. So we've ceded ground, we've surrendered, we decided to get defensive instead of being offensive. Jesus came, Jesus gave, Jesus worked, Jesus sacrificed and Jesus brought salvation to us. We're followers of Jesus Christ. That's that's what it means to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. And so we follow him wherever he says to go. And he's calling people into this realm. He's saying, I want to take back the ground. Forget all this defensive stuff. I want more than that. Listen, I want to protect your kids, I do. I want your kids to be blessed. But I'm just saying, we can raise them, we can bless them, we can help them, and it just might be his will to send them out because they've had all that poured into them and used them for his glory. So, years ago, I'm traveling with my friend on a, um, on a bike. I said 10-speed sometime back in the service, and someone said their son turned over to him and goes, what's a 10-speed? I am so old. Everything I say is out. I'm a hi-fi guy in a Wi-Fi world, man. I'm just trying to figure it out, you know, but it was a 
touring bike without a motor, whatever you call it that people ride these days, okay? But we're out there riding, and we would go for 20, 30, 40-mile rides. This guy was avid, and he'd take me out there so I could get some exercise and hang out with him. We always talked about Jesus. I loved it. He was a great friend. And one day we're out just minding our own business in the rolling hills between Mount Angel and Silverton somewhere out there in that farm territory, farming territory. And we're going up a hill. And it's quite a hill because when I get to the top, I just keep gearing looking for something that's easier all the way, you know. And I'm barely moving when I get to the top of this hill and I hear something just pitter-patter, just a little bit. And I look to the right. It was the biggest, ugliest, meanest-looking dog I've ever seen in my life. It was just feet from me, and he hadn't notified me he was coming because he was on a silent attack, man. His mission was to take my foot back to his doghouse. That's (laughs) something like that, something similar to that anyway. And there are several kinds of dogs, right? There's the little chihuahuas. But you just throw them off. They won't even hurt you, right? And then there's these medium-sized dogs, but they're like shepherd dogs or something. They're, they're not mean. But then there's, there's the watchdog type, the big, the, the German shepherd, the Doberman pincher. And, and this was the biggest, ugliest bulldog I'd ever seen in my life. And he, was, he was a little more athletic looking than your normal bulldog. I don't know what you call him, but he was Brendel, which is like tiger, uh, you know, fur, skin, whatever that stuff is, and <clears throat> hair. And, and he had squared like this, and was coming, his mouth was wide open, he probably weighed 60 pounds, and he was about to hammer me. And now I had a decision to make at that moment. He opened his mouth, and I saw more teeth than I've ever seen in a dog, and I I saw part of his gums, and in a moment, this is just in seconds, maybe two seconds, I I mean, he looked like an alligator, you know, with a ha, like this, and, 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 and he had big nostrils that looked like a two car garage, and just, vivid right there in front of me and I I had a decision to make I could either put my feet up and coast and pray that he would go away or I could take some action fear was in me I promise you but in that moment I stood up and when he got close I timed it perfectly and I kicked that thing as hard as I could right in the snout and I think I knocked him out on his feet I hit him so perfectly that he spread out like this He's doing this, and he didn't even make a noise. He just turned and started going the other way, you know, just wobbling away. I got all courageous all of a sudden. I'm thinking, I got him, man. I'm thinking, he'll never do that to me again. And then my thought was, because I'm never coming by here again, right, on my bike. So what if I'd have chosen to be defensive in that moment? How would it have gone for me? Probably not very well. What I'm here to tell you today is we've gotten too defensive when it comes to arts and entertainment. We've we've become so protectionist-oriented, we can't even believe or conceive that someone might rise up to be a person of God and actually make a difference in the world by influencing instead of being influenced. God is looking for some people. And God wants us to give to them even. Financially. Why? They're missionaries. Did you hear that stuff about business on there? That unless the business world uh, supports it, it'll be hard to capture our nation. And God's looking for some people who say, I get it. I get it. I understand. Look, we can make sure there are people that are all about Jesus, right? We can do that. 
There's ways to find that out. But he said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news. He's raising up an army. Have you heard of AMTC? Let me read this to you. Actors, models, and talent for Christ. There's a lady who had a a talent scouting agency where she'd have talent come in. She would train them, put them before all of Hollywood uh, and all all the arts and entertainment people of the world that are bigwigs. And about seven years ago, she gave her heart to Jesus Christ. She changed her whole agency and put Christ in it. Actors, models, and talent for Christ. And all the colleges and universities and places in the city that would gather talent and sent it to her, when she put Christ in the title, they stopped coming. They wouldn't come anymore. But she felt that the Lord wanted her to do it. So she got the word out in cities on radios and on Christian radio stations. And guess who started showing up to be actors, talent, and models for Christ? The church. What she found out is that this was better talent than she'd ever seen. Because we, we got talent, right? I mean, there's talent in the church of Jesus Christ all over the world. It's amazing the gifts that he's given. And then who, who didn't stop coming was Hollywood. They still came to scout it out. And what they saw was incredible talent and then they started hiring these young men and young women. And not just young, some of them were 40 and 50 when they started this, became commercial actors. And I mean, it's unbelievable what's happening there. Hollywood used them, the industry, music industry got hold of them. When they started to use them, they realized, man, these guys aren't on drugs. They show up on time. They're really good and they're super talented and they're not a hassle. Keep that talent coming. And God's using AMTC. Here's, here's their mission statement, a nonprofit ministry dedicated to making good bolder in film, fashion, music, and theater. Through a unique faith-based educational program, AMTC teaches performers how to become positive role models in the entertainment industry, then introduces them to top media executives through its International Talent Convention. AMTC follows the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. You can find this on their website, man. Hollywood knows this is in their mission statement. The Great Commission of Jesus Christ by preparing actors, models, singers, dancers, and comedians to go into the world of arts and entertainment with love and excellence as reflection of Christ and his truth. They teach them how to be non-judgmental and loving because they want them to even win other entertainers to Christ. But they teach them to take the moments that God gives them to lift him up, to live in a, in a way that honors God and makes a difference. One of the reasons I know about this is our daughter Candace has been trained there in the last couple of years. And she feels she has a call. We're trying to support that. One of the reasons I'm so passionate is I'm starting to get it. You ever heard of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes? Because we're talking entertainment. Sports is entertainment, you know. Of course you have. They've been challenging coaches, athletes, on a professional college, high school, junior high, and youth level to use the powerful medium, this is from their mission statement, of athletics to impact the world for Jesus Christ. FCA is the largest Christian sports organization in the world. FCA focuses on several local communities by equipping, empowering, and encouraging people to make a difference for Christ. Here's their vision, to see the world impacted for Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. And I'm telling you, they're getting it done. The FCA mission to present to coaches and athletes and all whom they influence the challenge and adventure of receiving Jesus Christ 
as Savior and Lord, serving Him in their relationships and in the fellowship of the church. I like it when these organizations have a positive orientation towards the church. It's a sign of healthiness. There's a number of athletes that we could speak of that are being used this way. But I, I you know, you, you know, just, just, you know, we don't like Facebook, we don't like tweeting, there's some Christians who are just scared to death of things, just fearful what could happen. But because of Twitter, people that are Christian athletes and have millions of followers, can, can, they can just put a scripture up. They can put a book up. Uh, Judah Smith out of Seattle is a young pastor who's reached out to Justin Bieber. He just wrote a book that's all about Jesus, becoming like Jesus. And, and he just met with Bieber, trying to meet him behind the scenes because he's got challenges we don't understand, right? And Bieber tweeted out to 7 million followers, get Judah Smith's book, da-da-da-da-da. Well, it's, the book's all about Jesus. And, and Robert uh, Griffin III is a quarterback for the Washington Redskins and had a phenomenal year as a rookie last year. He got injured and he, he tweeted and said, thanks for the prayers. I believe God's going to heal me. Things like that. And then he said this when Kobe Bryant had his injury. Just, just tweeted this re- recently. Never want to see anyone get injured. So it's a night of prayer for Kobe Bryant and his family and the team. Do you know what a witness it is to see the love of God care about people? You see the opportunity that this day affords that's unique? Well, I want you to see it vividly and firsthand because we have people among us who are, who are doing it here. Watch this video and see someone among us who has a dream to glorify God through a sport as well. Check this out. Can God use the MMA even? <laughs> so uh, it's kind of weird for me because I, I was at the hospital with this guy the day he was born, man. So uh, I'll tell you this. I know, I know this about Tommy. He's completely committed to Jesus Christ. You won't find a, a young man anywhere more committed. You might find someone as committed, but he loves Jesus. I know the home he came out of. Most of you do as well. And the reason I'm not afraid for Tommy to reach out in this realm is you know, obviously he's a gifted athlete. I mean, we're not just talking about someone who has a dream. He has, you saw it. He holds two uh, amateur belts. He's 2-0 and as a pro. His last five fights were finished in, within two minutes. And the thing that's funny to me, knowing you, though, is your nickname is Superbad, and it might be the nicest guy I've ever met in my life, you know? But I, I, it's, it's an ironic name for me. I, it stuck. It was given to me. I don't exactly like it. I was pushing for Tommy too nice. But... Uh, <laughs> My coaches gave me super bad, and it's ironic on a lot of levels. Okay, all right. I bet the guys who went out in the last five fights thought you were pretty super bad, though. Um, so how did you decide to get into MMA fighting? Well, I grew up in a home um, where we watched a lot of UFC. 
uh, when the first ones came out, and I fell in love with the technique. There was a guy, Hoist Gracie, 170 pounds, and he was taking out really big guys with technique and precision and discipline, and um, that influenced me, and I also had two older brothers who made sure I was tough, so <laughs> nothing says tough love like a figure four leg lock at the tender age of eight, so... <laughs> And they would tell me, this is going to make you tougher, you'll enjoy it. And I, I was into it. I was like, this is going to be great. I'll be tough. This is, I need this. And uh, turns out I did. <laughs> so at, at Andy's wedding, uh, can you just tell him what you said to Andy, thanked him for? Oh, yeah. I just, I thanked him for making me tougher. <laughs> and, and the way he said it was, I want to thank him for increasing my pain oh, threshold, yeah. which I thought was, <laughs> all right, you're going to need that, I guess, in life, right? So, so bro, what, what is your main purpose for being an MMA fighter? Um. Well, I, I've known my entire life that my main purpose in life, no matter what I'm doing, is to further the kingdom of God. And um, it's been very effective in the MMA community because it's really rough around the edges. Um, but on the inside, there's a lot of people with open hearts and, and open minds. And um, there's such a contrast there where you're, um, you're in a place where people are kind of looking for excitement, you know, and to a lot of people um, in the world that's, you know, they're looking for violence and they're looking for emotion, but, um, you know, that's not what it's about for me, um, but uh, um, it gets their attention when you do well and you give the glory to God. It's such a contrast that they see it and, um, yeah, the Lord's using it. It's amazing. Well, well, I, man, I so appreciate your zeal for Christ, and I've been down at the gym, you know, he fights, is it Team Quest? What's, what's uh, it? Yeah, it used to be Team Quest. We're now one, one MMA. Oh, okay. And and one of their, um, one of their fighters fought for a world championship last night. So, Tommy is seen as an up and comer in, in in the industry. And here's what I'd like: I'd like for us to be an encouragement and a prayer and pray for him as he as he's on this journey, because it's all about Jesus to him, building the kingdom of God. So so. How can we help you as the body of Christ and, and the church here at Horizon? Specifically with prayer, um, just that he'd preserve my health and continue to give me good opportunities um, to further his kingdom and that um, he'd give me the strength to take the initiative and get on the offense and, um, you know, not just be a good witness, but also to uh, um, pray with people and invite them to church and really reach out to them. Which, which I've seen you doing with, yeah. with your life, Tommy. So, so um I love this guy. I believe you love him too. And I want you to stretch your hand towards him and I'm going to pray for him right now. Would you do that? Father, thank you for Tommy, our brother. Totally sold out to Jesus. Working in an unusual realm to bring glory to your name. Lord, we ask that you give him favor. We pray that you give him strength. We pray that you give him wisdom. We pray that you give him boldness. We pray that you give him love. And Lord, we trust that you're gonna use him in such a way that people will get a reflection of who Jesus is. And Lord, we commit to be encouragers and prayers for our brother. Thank you for him in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give Tommy a hand. Love you, buddy. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I got it. <clears throat> Tommy's on an injured leg right now as we speak. Uh, he's actually on crutches, but didn't, didn't walk up here on him. So you can, you can pray for him. And, uh, and what's coming. So I, I'm, I'm just trying to wake us up, church, to what, to what the Lord's doing in our world. I, I've told you that I believe he spoke to me. I'm not just wishing for it, and I guess I could be wrong, but I believe he spoke to me and said that there would be people, ministries, parachurch things, 
those who are influencers coming out of this body to touch the world. And part of that is the arts and the entertainment. I, I really, really believe that, that there'll be a number of people who are going to be influencers for Jesus in this way. So let me just end this sermon. I'm sorry I'm going a little bit long today, but uh, we're just about to finish here. Here's what, here's what we can do. We can encourage these artists to believe that God can use them to touch the world. Don't say, why are you not doing a Christian thing? Because they are Christian with all their hearts to, to influence the world. We can pray for them, stay close to them and raise them up to know Jesus, right? Coming out of great homes. Coming out of church or churches in America that love Jesus and have prepared them to do what they're about to do. We can give to these artists and entertainers to help them to accomplish the mission that God's given them. They're missionaries. One of the things we can do is we can stop watching what is evil and start supporting what is good. If, if, the, if the movies are bad and, and they have bad stuff, don't go to them. Because Hollywood's all about money. And uh, if they're good, support those movies. If, if there's an element of faith in them, support them for the sake of advancement. Because when they see that people are watching and funds are flowing, they'll put it forward. Well... Matthew 5.16 says this, In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That's what we're looking for from those that are artists, those that have a call as entertainers. And you're just like a lot of other people. It hasn't happened yet, but God puts dreams in hearts. I'm gonna tell you one of his biggest dreams is to reach the lost and to, and to, to send his people to dark places. Just like Africa, arts and entertainment. 